Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight, and joining me as ever from across that big old pond, he's my transatlantic movie brother and the statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, my friend? I am doing very well, Matt. Looking forward to getting into some movie talk today. Uh, same here, mate. It's Tuesday. Uh, it's Tuesday evening for me. It's one of the highlights of my week is sitting down talking new releases or just film on air and off air and donuts and coffee with uh, with my good buddy, John. How is Florida keeping in the last week? Um, you know, we are uh, we are struggling to, to accept the reality of the world we're living in. But, you know, uh, some some government employees are in denial about the, the pandemic that we're living in and people are wearing less masks and say it ain't so. It's it's so frustrating, but you know it is what it is. Yep, I hear that. Same over here. Um, it's it seems to all going to pot depending on where you are in the country. We have different tiers now of COVID. Uh, your the people up north, they're they're high risk, and where I am is kind of me- medium. Apart from ten miles down the road, is apparently high risk, but I'm fine. I don't understand, but that's why things like the bloody awesome movie podcast exist and. In this existing this time to make us happy and to make our listeners happy, because otherwise we'd all be going mental. Um, and whilst film is a bit more limited in terms of releases, they are still releasing mainly streaming. So if you are new to the BAMP, as we call it, what myself and John do each week is we take what we deem to be the, the biggest release of the week or the most interesting. And we give you a non-spoiler uh, review, our opinions on the film. Uh, and as mentioned, obviously, with what's happening in the world, we are pretty much turning to streaming and have been for the last six months or seven months. Uh, and tonight is no different. Uh, whereas last week we covered one of the films from Welcome to the Blumhouse. We're doing the same this week as well. Uh, and we're covering Nocturne, which was directed by Zoo Quirk and also written by Zoo Quirk. And it stars Sidney Sweeney, Madison Eisman, uh, Jack Colliman, Ivan Shaw, Julie Benz, Rodney Toe, John Rothman and Janelle Kennedy. And the synopsis reads, an incredibly gifted pianist makes a Faustian bargain to overtake her older sister at a prestigious institution for classical musicians. Sounds scary. Well, we'll wait and see. (laughs) Uh, 56 on Metascore, 5.6 IMDB user rating, and Rotten Tomato 60% for the critic rating. So across the board, the reviews coming in aren't glowing, but of course we'll give our thoughts. If you want to watch the film, as are all the Welcome to the Blumhouse films, they're on Amazon Prime, all all internationally, all around the world, released on the same day, same time. So check out Amazon Prime for those films. Now, Nocturne, last week we covered uh, The Lion Black Book, Black Box, sorry, and my kind of overarching thoughts about both of them was they were fine one of them was better than the other black box but there was something missing like a spark or an energy or just something to kind of tip them over the edge from good films to you know very good very decent films and nocturne is is similar for me in fact i i did enjoy nocturne more than both of last week's films i haven't seen either lie yet so i can't comment but for me nocturne is the best of the welcome to the blumhouse releases so far but it was lacking something um in terms of the story and what it's about it's asking you what lengths you're going to go to reach greatness so not too dissimilar to black swan but it's not as impactful when it does take different story beats so you can compare it in terms of what the overarching theme is but in this case it's a sibling rivalry between juliet played by sydney sweeney and vivian who's madeline eisman they aim to go on to greater things after their musical academy stint is over. Vivian's, she's going to Juilliard. Juliet isn't. Both sisters in their final performance are pay, playing the same piece, or they're going to, which cause a bit of friction. And in terms of characterization, it's not entirely opposite, but it might as well be. Juliet, she's a talented pianist, but Vivian, she's like a next level up. 
Vivian's got a boyfriend. She's an outgoing personality. Juliet doesn't have a boyfriend and she's a bit more introverted. Um, And the whole film just talks about the effects of stress and pressure uh, and the the toll on your mental health of striving for perfection. Uh, There's some good mystery, good tension. There is an atmosphere throughout the film, which I appreciated. Not everything makes sense, though. Some elements I thought were a bit rushed and were given a fairly short shrift in order to just to get the story moving because it's only a 90 minute long uh, movie, which is exactly what the film needs because any longer would have been potentially stretching it. But at the same time, I did feel like um, the film kind of went at a too brisk a pace in certain areas. I think Zuquirk could have uh, elaborated on certain plot points a little bit more, but uh, Sydney Sweeney, I think, is wonderful in this. I think Sydney Sweeney is great in this. How she straddles the li- the emotional uh, lines she's asked to do. She's to stand out. Madison Eisman's very decent as well, but Sydney Sweeney is excellent. I think um, the ending's going to frustrate a lot of people. I think, and mm. it's certainly not bad. There's a few Giallo influences in terms of how the story, uh, some of the tropes, and the use of colours in how uh, in relation to some of the events and emotions on screen. But it's not bad. In fact, like I said, I think it's got a nice understated creepiness to it. It isn't going to blow the doors off my best of 2020 list, though there aren't many films out this year, so actually it may do. It's the best of the three Blumhouse films I've seen. And from what I hear about Evil Eye, this will probably still be the best of the four. But I liked it. I wasn't blown away by it. I liked the creepiness and the atmosphere. I loved Sidney Sweeney in it. I like Sidney Sweeney anyway. But it's lacking something for me. It was a bit convoluted. It just needed something else. But what did you think, my friend? Um, I also felt like it, it was missing something. Although uh, I do, I did also like it. I think I like Black Box a little more mm-hmm. collectively. Um, this though did uh, Im- immediately once like the story of like this pursuit of perfection. It got me thinking of like Black Swan. Yeah. And um, also Whiplash, although Whiplash isn't going for horror, but Black Swan definitely uh, has that in there. Um, and I like that. Uh, I think that it's that's an inherently compelling story, right? This yeah. These people who are really good at something competing to be the best at something. Um, and so that, that part really resonated. I do feel like um, some of the character behavior feels like it comes kind of from nowhere and I don't think it does a good job of letting that motivation really be clear. I think I know which um, part you mean as well. One, there's one part in particular. Yeah. And I mean, again, some of it is there, but I, I also severely agree uh, with the performance. I thought they were really, really strong um, kind of across the board. Uh, I like the characters, um, even the ones who are doing things that you're like, Oh, why would you do that? Like, I, I'm still like, okay, well, I still get what they're going through. Like I see the connection and um, I, I thought Sydney Sweeney was very good. Madison Iceman, who I believe is um, in the Jumanji movies. Uh, she is. Yes. As, and Goosebumps. Yeah, I think uh, will. Right. And I, I vaguely remember Goosebumps, but you know, uh, she's worked with Jack Black a couple times is apparently the, the lesson we should take from that. But um, I, uh, I, I thought overall it was really good. It did. Um, I, I was trying to connect it because I think this falls more in vain with like a Suspiria yes. type of yes. horror film. Not necessarily exactly the same, but in that kind of top, isn't it? Right. And um, you know, the even the boarding school kind of element of it is is there. I mean, obviously we could probably pull and stretch it at and I, I don't love Suspiria like other people do. But I I whatever was missing in Suspiria I thought was a little more prevalent here because i i was more connected but it should be noted uh big tuna highly recommended this film um on his site he gave it a four out of four and a half out of five uh and i i don't think it's that strong like i think it's good i think there's Mm. some really good performances but for me it's not um it's not that great of a horror film and what i will say to both black box and this um is that neither are what I what I initially think of when I think of horror, and what I think a lot of uh, your casual audiences mm-hmm. would also say. Like, there's not jump scares, and I don't need that anymore. But my brain still kind of has like that default. Like horror movies are monsters and 
jump scares. When you've got and... the Blumhouse name ahead of it, and you kind of think of some of the other films they produced, you, you, you wouldn't be blamed for thinking that. No, but then again, there's like Get Out, and you have you. They definitely have a really wide mm-hmm. style of their horror films, and so um, not a criticism uh, in any way. Just I think that for your casual moviegoer, you might you might come into this thinking, oh, good, a horror movie, and be shocked now this one does have some things in it that are more in vain with the genre i think traditionally but still like i never felt i never felt threatened i guess like while i was watching it like i was i was creeped out by certain things for sure there were things that were on that put me on edge and sweeney's performance is intense right like she has some moments where you're just like wow but uh i can't quite put my finger on what felt absent or what was lacking and i don't know if it, maybe it was i wanted to feel more dread or i wanted to be um like like i think what you said is accurate where some things do feel rushed and yet 90 minutes is the right time so it's like i don't know how to weave it better or to leave something out like i don't know if there's really anything i would have left out um but overall i i definitely think it's it's very good and it, it looks good and uh I, this was the first feature i think for the director Um, yeah so you know that's that's a heck of a first outing i would say no you're right and uh, we said it last week as well about the welcome to the blumhouse stable they're not traditional horror and they never were really marketed as that it was up to it was kind of all of our collective idea that's what they would be but they're kind of more psychological or thriller based some of them especially something like the lie um, and Evil Eye, from what I understand, again, is is more sort of supernatural um, trauma basis, for, I believe. So it's not your straight up horror film. And I don't need straight up horror. It would have been nice to have like maybe one of them be more of horror, traditional horror fare just to just to shake up the the stable of films a bit. But we do have four more coming in in January, I believe. But to be honest, though, over the over the spooky season. I do prefer an atmospheric film. Don't get me wrong. I love a gore fest and I love a a slasher as much as the next guys and girls. But if I'm going to watch a film on Halloween, I would rather watch a film, which is, you know, more intense, has that atmosphere that kind of makes you look over your shoulder rather than just like mindless slashing. So these films are more geared toward what I would like to watch, but they're all missing something. And what that is, like we say, it could be a multitude of things. It could be things that just don't need to be in there, which actually disrupt the pacing. It could be something as, you know, to us as frivolous as that, but they're not bad films. None of these films are bad films. That's and what Jason Blum has done. And by giving newcomers their start, by having diverse cast diversity in the behind the camera as well. Fab, fabulous. It's a fantastic idea. And the films are decent. But to me, that's as far as I go at the minute. Decent. If I was going to grade Nocturne now, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10 out of push. I think because, again, I don't think it's a bad film. I think it's above average, but it's certainly not on the kind of upper echelons. And I don't think it would be cracking your top marks, would it, John? No, um, I, I do think it is of if we were to just scale it against other Blumhouse releases, I think both of these are really, really great. I mean, obviously, I think, like, Get Out is far superior. I think uh, Invisible Man, far superior. Um, But, like, Truth or Dare or Fantasy Island, this movie's leaps and bounds above those, right? So um, I do like that element of it. And I I don't know. There was something about this that felt like it was a very high production value. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it felt... This felt more like a cinematic film. It didn't feel like a streaming... Right. And that's that's cool cuz uh, like I don't think Fantasy Island felt like a cinematic movie, right? Like that felt like a TV movie <laughs> to like me. Crap. Which to, to be fair, that might have been their goal cuz it was based on the yes, TV was, show, yep. so maybe they want maybe but you know, it didn't that wasn't it didn't help the movie by any means, you know, just being like, okay, yeah, fine. Um where this, you know, felt like like an indie film. Uh like what I would expect for like this type of you know, story. Yeah. I mean, it just Blumhouse as, as a production company have got such a they've got a great f- list of films that they've produced like even like things like black clansman is a film that they produced um but then some again you just look at the quality they've put out the varying quality of the purge films things like the things like hush um going forward a bit more cam 
on Netflix, Split, Whiplash, uh, Us, Get Out, the Halloween uh, Mar <laughs> Upgrade was great. Sinister was fine. Uh, happy Death Day. So they have. I like Happy. They, uh, yeah, we, we were at odds on that that film, but they've got a very good staple. And where and I think this film Nocturne, I would put it in with those films. It wouldn't be at the top of those films, but it would, I'd put it is as one of their better films because when. I like a lot of production companies, but when Blumhouse films don't work, they usually are just horrible. <laughs> really, like a slog. Like you mentioned, Truth or Dare. I didn't like You Should Have Left with Kevin Bacon recently. Um, and there's a few other of their films which I'm not overly keen on. These films, certainly this one, doesn't fall into that category. It's one of the better films they've done recently. And I agree. The production value seemed quite high it seemed like one which i you would see it cinematically because what i said last week is that the two films i watched felt very much like streaming films or like made for tv or no streaming films i can't imagine watching those on a big screen this one i could do i can imagine going to the picture house in london or one of the smaller indie um circuit cinemas up in london and what and sitting down and watching this i can't imagine doing that the other two or again by the sounds of it evil eye though i haven't seen that so but no i i did enjoy this film i i'd recommend watching it i do think it's the best of the three i've seen so far but um yeah, it's definitely a thumbs up from me man and sydney sweeney is very good in it yep i say you know give it a watch it has the has the book seal approval a book recommendation so um that is the uh, our second welcome to the blumhouse review we'll come back next year and do the rest of them because I'm not sure cinemas will be open then either. So uh, let's move into our next segment then, which is simply called Chuffed Headlines. And John and myself, we pick a headline which has caught our eye uh, through movies or any kind of pop culture news uh, that we found over the last week, and we just dive into it. It could be fun, it could be uh, somber, it could be serious, it could be groundbreaking. Uh, But whatever it is, it's caught our eye. So John, what have you picked for your headline this week? So, uh, the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future is happening, and so there's a new Blu-ray box set coming out. Um, so everyone's talking Back to the Future right now, and mm-hmm. um, Bob Gale, who is a co-writer with Zemeckis on the film, um, did an interview and talked about uh, two things. Now, to be fair, some of these are not like new stories, but since it was in the news, I thought, hey, let's talk Back to the Future. Um, one of them is that the original ending... Uh, was going to have uh, Marty in a refrigerator, which that part's been kind of known for a while. The, the original time machine was going to be a refrigerator, not the DeLorean. Um, but it was gonna, they were going to build a, t- uh, a whole fake town and blow it up for real, apparently. Um, and that would trigger the, him to go back in time. Like that was going to be how he was able to go back because it was supposed to be nuclear. Um, but remember, we know that the, the, it's not nuclear, it's electrical, but it needs mm-hmm. a nuclear reaction you know, to get the 21 point something gigawatts i forget i'm sorry i usually know but right now my brain's like nope um but then there is a too much yes um there is a reference uh that the original opening well this one's the kind of but the the opening to this film is iconic and people reference it all the time because it is up there with like rear window for visual storytelling we get Mm -hmm. so much information and that opening shot but originally it was going to start with marty in detention and uh, he was going to set off fire sprinklers uh, to get out of detention to escape and much more like little stinker than Marty is ever in the movie, you know? Um, <laughs> so glad they cut that, but that was the original opening uh, and they cut it for budget reasons and man, did it work in their favor. It's funny how sometimes those limitations actually make better product than what you were originally planning. No, you're um, right. But yeah, that was that's the article. It's nothing. It's nothing major. But you know, I love Back to the Future. I actually just got the 30th uh, anniversary box set because it comes with the uh, animated series. Um, and I, I've been uh, Griffin Newman from the Blank Check podcast has been talking about it, and I was like, man, I really want to see this animated series. So it was on sale on Prime Day. Uh, so I picked up the box set. Um, so I got uh, my second Blu-ray copy of the trilogy, and now the DVD uh, of the first the two seasons of the animated series that i now am going to watch over the next couple of weeks i totally agree on what you've just said in terms of how something like when your hand is forced sometimes 
what you come up with is a little bit better. And yeah, I mean, the, the idea of Marty McFly setting off sprinklers to get out of tension, fine. No problem with that. But, but then when, if you were going to replace what we have now, then it's, so then you suddenly realize, no, this is chalk and cheese. And as for the ending, again, as soon as you say fridge, nuclear blast, I just think, <sighs> Indiana Jones, Kingdom of well, the Crystal yeah. Skull. Like, it, you know, Spielberg got it from the, that movie, though, because remember, Spielberg's a producer on Back to the Future. And right. in the article, the article attributes that Spielberg was paying homage to the original ending of Back to the Future with that scene. So, And it's probably the, one of the most uh, reviled scenes in in that franchise. Um, yeah. yeah, well, again, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness for budget cuts. Uh it's always in these stories i always find interesting it's the kind of like what if story isn't it like what if this didn't happen what if um zemeckis and gal had gone for this ending do we how do we view back to the future now because obviously we all know the the classic on the strip they've got to get their car up to the speed we know it that the tension that in that scene is great with doc fumbling around but this how does this stack up are we obviously it's a great what if uh, as for the intro the intro is kind of you know, much or nothing for me, but it's the ending. But hell, it's fun. These stories are to me. They're fun to kind of think, you know, what would it be? Would Back to the Future still be held up as a classic if the ending had been different or would people be able to overlook it? But I know you love these films almost as much as anyone. What? Let's just say this was filmed and this was the ending and try and picture it in your mind. Yeah, but the rest of the movie is like kind of similar. Obviously, they have to change it, but do you reckon it holds up as well? I don't think so, man. That the the whole idea of surviving a nuclear attack in a refrigerator is so preposterous that I'm just like, where do where do they even come up with that? But stay in there, um, please. And the fact that it was so reviled in Indiana Jones, like it, it kind of shows that no, like it would be a, a huge mistake um, to do have done it that way. And also, like the DeLorean, while we know it failed as an actual car, mm-hmm. that I think actually helps it because if, if the DeLorean was like you, you know a car that everybody was driving in the 80s i don't think it's as cool it's so cool because it's like they took a car that failed and made it awesome it's super you know, like, cool right like i love the design of that car so much so like if it wasn't the delorean i don't think the movie does nearly as well because can you imagine like think of like hot tub time machines almost also kind of parroting the refrigerator thing because it's so dumb uh, that a hot tub would be the time machine right like, i think we we're gonna make that comparison but you're right <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I pull random I, I, time travel. I've actually never seen Hot Tub Time Machine. I just assume that it is, in fact, the hot tub that is the time machine based on the title. I mean, the title. Otherwise, it's the most misleading title I've heard. Right. Time. So, um, so like, you know, the what the device looks like is important. Like, realistically, Bill and Ted's shouldn't be as cool as it is, but they made the phone booth work, yeah. right? Like, that phone booth is cool. And now it's, like, for kids, it's like, what is that? It's like, oh, boy, you know? Oh, like, Christ, damn, mate. that's a way to age everyone who remembers those films when they came out. But it's also simple, though. It's not – you don't have to – oh, yeah, it's a, it's like Doctor Who and the TARDIS, isn't it? You have to – you still got to imagine yeah. this thing can go through time. But whereas a, the whole fridge nuclear blast – I mean, how long have you got to stay in the fridge for How before you come out and just die of radiation poisoning or – Whereas and the other thing, phone box, I can, I could, I can, I can dig that. I can, I, you know, I. Believe. You got to wonder too how many like children would have ended up trapped in their refrigerators if that had been <laughs> the movie. You know what I'm saying? Because well, how many idiots like, would have thought just... it was a re- way to get out of a nuclear explosion was just to basically put uh, a lead fridge. I mean, considering they're used to show videos in school to like duck under your desk in the event of a nuclear like bomb, I, I you know, people probably would have bought it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, it's... what was good no no because it's an interesting um thought but yeah it doesn't doesn't really work does it but um so yeah my my headline was like john there was a few this week uh that came out but i've i've picked this one and it's uh the news that chadwick boseman his final in his final uh on-screen appearance the trailer for ma rainey's black bottom has been released it's a netflix film which uh stars viola davis alongside uh, Chadwick Boseman, but I just thought I'd uh, mention this again, just to honour the memory of Chadwick Boseman, who, let's not forget, died at age 43, only in August, only th- only two months ago, after years and years of battling cancer and putting these films out. And even even this film, be the second film he's released 
in 2020 after the Five Bloods. Um, I like the trailer for this. I don't know if you saw it, but I saw the trailer for this. It looks very decent. It's set in 1920s Chicago and explores uh, race, music at the time, the exploitation of black artists in the industry. And uh, Chadwick Boseman is playing a trumpeteer, a band trumpeteer, a session trumpeteer. He's very ambitious. He wants to have more of a say in uh, Ma Rainey's uh, output, but she's but she's the boss. She in in the trailer even so like you know if things going to go how Ma says they're going to go, and it just makes me think of the other film Ma. But um, but it's so Chadwick Boseman has basically got to decide whether he carries on with this. Does he make a deal with um, the white uh, music industry figure who's trying to make him a deal to basically say like I'll take these songs off your hand, where so we can probably guess where that's going to go. Um, I think it looked good. I think it looked good. It's based on a play by uh, August Wilson. It's directed by George C. Wolfe, who's a, more of a playwright. And it's coming out on Netflix on 18th of December, so a week before Christmas. I like the look of this trailer. I think it looked good. I think it looked like, it, it, in terms of capturing the 20s vibe, it looked good. The music looked great. Viola Davis looked like she's going to kill it in this role. And a lot of people are saying that Chadwick Boseman is superb in this film. I've only seen him in the trailer and he looked fine. But um, have you heard about this film or seen the trailer? I have not watched the trailer yet. Um, I'm an extra bad about watching trailers, uh, or I guess not watching trailers, depending on your perspective, I suppose. Um, <laughs> since uh, basically since theaters shut down, because that's usually when I would watch trailers. Um, I don't usually watch trailers other than they're in cinema. Yeah, me too. And occasionally, if there's something I'm really like pumped about, and I I know like I don't I just have to see it kind of thing. But um, I have not actively sought them out. I am gonna watch this one now because I am curious. Um, but uh, I'm still excited I, with just what you read. And, and obviously because it's Bozeman um, and this does further feel like we're becoming a Netflix podcast as Netflix seems to be <laughs> the only way for us to get movies um, Sponsors. Uh, or at least streaming services in general, which makes me sad, which I do have a quote I'm going to read in a little bit that is very, very relevant. But um, yeah, I, I'm definitely pumped to see it. It's sad that it's his last movie, but I am glad it's not like being delayed or something like that. Yeah, and all I can say, like I said, is it looks great. I can't, nobody can comment on how good anyone looks, but the performances look fine. The music sounds boss. Obviously, it's dealing with heavier subjects from 100 years ago now, which sounds crazy, but the 1920s, 100 years ago. So, um, yeah, looking forward to checking that out. And like you say, it's it's on Netflix, so we're all going to be able to watch it at the same time. And it looks like that's going to be the way forward in terms of watching films, isn't it? So Netflix, Prime, Hulu, HBO, Disney Plus, whatever it might be. Yeah, that does seem to be the path. Um, on a sadder note, if it's okay to transition, um, and okay. I guess kind of a related note, uh, we lost Chadwick to cancer. Um, and the dude, Jeff Bridges, announced this week that uh, he's battling lymphoma. Um, you know, he's been very positive and he actually uh, paraphrased uh Lebowski and said new has come to light I'm not going to say because we don't usually curse on the podcast um but ultimately you know being the guy I I'm a huge Jeff Bridges fan like, oh, same. uh I've become like more and more so over the last couple of years we've like Corey and I've watched a lot of his movies through movie club like we we had ne- neither of us had ever seen um Starman or the last picture show um Tron even we had not seen until uh movie club and uh i mean and then of course his work with the cohen's i'm a big cohen fan so i love lebowski and i love uh true grit um and we watched crazy hard i mean we've watched uh, in fact we did a whole month last year on jeff bridges uh in 2019 um where we watched i think five of his movies that we had never seen and i I really have come to just enjoy him as a presence and old jeff bridges we've been getting cowboy jeff bridges which has been just fantastic he's he's so good in that that type of role even in like R.I.P.D., which is not a movie most people remember, but he's really good in that, in that, you know, goofy Men in Black wannabe movie. Yeah, and when you think um, Hell on High Water, obviously, when you think of oh, like Western so Jeff Bridges in that film, it's just awesome. But uh, so it's it, it was it's sad. Apparently, uh, the prognosis is not super negative, though. Um, okay. And so hopefully he'll be able to, to extend his life, you know, long enough to to beat the cancer and everything. But it is it's always sad. Uh, when people you look up to or admire are are dead or dying and or diagnosed with such a uh, dangerous and scary illness like cancer, so yep. So obviously we 
we extend our best wishes to to Jeff Bridges and those surrounded closest to him. And I oh, echo everything you've just said. It's it's never nice to hear. Of course, it isn't. It's never nice to hear someone close to you or someone you admire or respect uh, be uh, succumb or have this befallen upon them. But uh, if Jeff Bridges says that the current prognosis is good and everything isn't as bad as it could be, then that's a positive. Um, and the fact that he came out with his quote, as the dude would say, you know, he's obviously he's obviously in decent enough spirits as well, given obviously the the awful uh, disease that lymphoma is. So, yeah, um, we certainly hope that he makes a recovery and that we can get to see him back on the silver screen once again or the small screen at some point soon. But, of course, health comes first, isn't it, JV? Exactly. So uh, that's what's caught our eye this week. Uh, so now we're going to move on to media consumption. And the title kind of says it all, unlike that hot tub time machine, which may or may not be a time machine. Um, this is where myself and John, in amongst doing our show and chatting about pumpkin donuts and pumpkin coffee, we, we watch other films or catch whatever's on television, play video games, listen to podcasts that aren't ours, uh, read comics or whatever, listen to ch- music. So we basically spend the time now to let each other and you guys know what we've been indulging in to pass the time in the last week. So, John, you've always got a fine selection, so uh, why don't you take us away? Well, we'll start with my uh, weekly update of the Blank Check podcast. Uh, We got uh, Back to the Future uh, 3 was the episode of the week as they're covering Robert Zemeckis, um, which, of course, is relevant. Um, There is this thing, the Blank Check fans, we call the Blank Check Bump. Where it seems like at this point in their, uh, I think the five year podcast uh, history, when they are covering a movie, there is suddenly an increase in public awareness of <laughs> yeah. it. Um, which is weird for me because it seems like no one else knows this podcast unless I've introduced them to it. Yet I see it happen. And like the best example is uh, Amazon Prime will not have the movies that they're covering. And then suddenly, like a week after the episode drops, they have the movie that they were covering. Um, that's happened with both Catherine Bigelow and Jonathan Demi. Like the week after the episode dropped, the movies just showed up on Prime. And I'm like, okay, well, that seems like someone at Prime is monitoring, which makes sense because Griffin Newman was Arthur in the Amazon Tick TV series. Mm-hmm. So coincidence? I think not. Maybe we could take um, a cut of their Patreon money. They get en- they get enough free oh, publicity. Maybe. Uh, so. You know, I started playing D&D with my friends a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we've only played two times so far, but we have a match or match. I don't know what to call it. We play this week uh, on Friday. That's uh, it's every other Friday seems to be our current strategy. And um, uh, another friend is had started playing D&D on their own and had uh, suggested I check out this podcast called The Adventure Zone. Oh, yeah. um, and it is uh, the second podcast of a very popular podcast called... Uh, my brother, my brother and me that features the McElroys. Now I had not heard of that podcast prior to uh, listening to this D and D podcast, but apparently it's pretty popular. Um, so the adventure zone, I went all the way back to uh, 2014. I traveled back in my time machine, hot um, a hot tub. Exactly. And uh, listened to the very first episode of the show. It, it's a little rough because it's the first episode and cool. like a few of them have never played uh, D&D before. So I, I totally get that. But I got to say, after I made I just finished the first episode. It's just over two hours. Um, it's very funny. Uh, the guys seem like genuinely interested in the game, even though most of them had not played before. And the funny thing for me was I looked this morning at when the episode came out because I didn't pay attention when I downloaded. I just went to the very first episode, you know, download it. And uh, there was an ad and I was like, that seems weird. Like it seems very modern. I know there are uh, some podcast hosts can insert ads and I'm guessing that's what's happened here. But so I looked and it was like 2014. I'm like, well, that's only two years ago. (laughs) And it wasn't until the end of the day that my brain clicked. Like that was six years ago, guy. Like, what are you talking about? It was only two years ago. Wow. Um, So yeah, uh, that my brain is like, it's no, it's only 2016. Cause you know, that's before all hell broke loose on the planet. So um and also for uh, for us it's when it kind of started to break loose but um so that that i listened to one episode of that and it's something i think i'm going to continue listening to but i've watched a bunch of movies uh c- compared to a couple weeks ago where i had watched almost nothing some of them were for astrology uh our other podcast and some were uh for movie club but i watched a uh, bullet last night the steve oh, mcqueen yeah. 
not the director, but the actor. Yes. Have you ever cool. seen Bullet? Uh, no, I'm going. Well, I'm going to watch it for the episode uh, as well. We've got a few weeks for that, but I'm going to check that out as well. Can I ask you a question? Uh, and I won't answer the question. I'm not going to answer it. Go on. What do you think that the name of the movie is referring to? Um, annoyingly, I do know, but I have forgotten. Is um oh bullet? It's either his name or is it a car or or something? I'm not going to answer. Of I'm going to let you watch. But okay. I had my thoughts uh, and I was wrong. And that's all I'll say is I was like, oh, I'll be darned. Um, and But similar to you, I thought I knew and maybe I did or didn't um, is the lesson here. Uh, Corey and I watched, I'm curious to see if you've ever seen this. We watched Eyes Without a Face. Yes, I have seen it. Yes. Yeah, that we both really enjoyed that movie. Um, our episode for that came out last week. Uh, so listeners, please check out check Burke out. Reviews movie cast. Um, I watched The Odd Couple. Which I'd seen part of, but apparently I'd never sat through the entire thing. Um, but I, I also, I as a kid, Grumpier Old Men came out. Well, Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men. And I saw both of those. I'm a fan of Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. In fact, I am a big fan of Some Like It Hot and The Apartment. Yeah, oh, The Apartment's um, great. I love The Apartment. That, that is my, my favorite Lemon performance. But um, I really had fun watching The Odd Couple. It doesn't age perfectly. But I think it ages better than I expected um, in some ways. Like there was definitely some areas where I thought it could have gone way worse than it does. Um, I watched The Majestic for the first time, Legally Blonde, Moulin Rouge, and Mulholland Drive, all for astrology uh, in upcoming episode listeners. But um, I wanted to take just a minute, though, and uh, there was a quote in The Majestic that really has resonated super strong, and I think you will agree. Okay. Um, and I should have probably mentioned this on the astrology recording, but uh, <laughs> we can we can report Martin, back on that. Right. Martin Landau is uh, says this, um, uh, his character. Why would you why would you want to stay at home and watch a little box? Because it's convenient, because you don't have to get dressed up because you could just sit there. I mean, how can you call that entertainment alone in your living room? Where's the other people? Where's the audience? Where's the magic? I'll tell you in a place like this, the magic. and he's talking about the majestic, the theater and um, man, that hits hard right now. No, you know? it Cause that's, it, it's, I think, you know, there are people who prefer staying at home and watching their movies and, and shows, but I've always been a fan of going to the theater. It's one of the few social going out things that I won't argue with. Like almost anything else. I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to, but you want to go to the movie? Like, yes, the answer is yes. Um, question. Yeah. Oh my and, it, it's so it so hits like right now i'm actually i'm gonna end up turning this into a poster uh for my my classroom because i i love that quote so much and i think it's so relevant and even uh teaching film while i don't get to teach film in a theater i i have a big uh, like a 50 inch uh it's a promethean board technically but i can it's basically a tv yeah. it's a big hd tv and um that's you know i'm used to showing and before that i had a projector in my classroom so it was always like we had a big screen and we have 15 20 people so we had an audience mm -hmm. and now that my half of my students are online and half are are you know some are on campus but for that reason i can't like show a movie it just feels different and it's it's that you know communal experience of sharing the entertainment and at the same time at the exact same time because sure you can watch it i can watch it and we can get together and that's literally what we do for this podcast not discouraging that at all, but it is, it is different getting to go and see it and having that conversation immediately after yeah, watching no, it. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, I generally go to the theater by myself, uh, not cause I haven't got friends, but I, I, I sometimes I just, that's just what I want to do. So it can be impulse where there's been times when it's been seven o'clock over here, you know, everything's settling down. Oh, actually, do you know what? I want. I, I want to go watch film. I've got an unlimited card. I'm going to go to the cinema. The film. The film. What's what's coming on next? Uh, this is it. It's, I did that with um, the Purge in 2013 or when it came out. I was sitting there, I was like, never heard of this film. It starts in 50 minutes. I'm off. I just went to watch the Purge. Enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I so I agree, but but I also obviously do go with other people and just a, it's just a buzz, man of. I've always said it on this show is even just like walking into the theater suddenly like it's like it is like walking into a different environment um the the neon lights the movie posters you've got the buzz the smell the uh, of popcorn not like toilets smell of popcorn and uh, uh, uh hot dogs or whatever and it's just it's just like a 
good feeling about the place. And then when you, you obviously give your ticket in and you go to whatever, however they do it, and you're walking down the aisle, that's about to say the only aisle I'll be walking down for a while, walking down the aisle towards your screen, you get in, you've got the big, 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 big screen. You've got the, like, the, the massive like coliseum of seats. And it's just like, yes, this is what it's all about. And you're all there for the same reason. And even if the film blows, it's still an experience. And even films like the old man and the gun, which I know we both really dug. I saw that on a, like a, Monday afternoon, like eleven or Monday morning, eleven o'clock show, and there's like two other people in the theatre. This is great. Still, didn't bother me. It's just great to yeah. be out there. Other people, I didn't speak to them, but it is that communal thing. And and if you do like watching the films at home by yourself, then there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's you have to do whatever's more comfortable. And I'm getting used to it at the minute, but I, I can't lie, man. I am. I do miss the art. It's just also just good to get out as well. Like just going out and doing stuff. I, I do miss that. And films for the most part, were made to be seen on a big screen. So um, I, I hear that. And that quote, that quote will also remain prevalent, you know, touch wood long after COVID has gone, because it will act as a reminder to this, these times you've been in now that look, you know, when it's safe to do so, let's go out and let's embrace what we had before and what we kind of took for granted. And let's just go out there, man. And remember that these places are there for us to, to celebrate and get together and share these good times or bad times if the film sucks. But you know, let's not forget the good times when this is all over. Let's let's embrace them more than maybe we did before. Yeah, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, that's an option. That's the big fear, right? Is that Man. it's not going to be an option. Um, and this is one of the first weeks uh, of this show where we're not talking about the like that wasn't our headline. Um, but here I am bringing it back up again. But uh, I watching the majestic. Um, I I had never seen it, and I didn't know. I knew it was about a theater, but I didn't know, like, I didn't know all the tie-ins, like the fifties and stuff like that, that were built into it. Um, but that particular quote, cause I, I was a little disappointed cause it wasn't more about the theater. Like I wanted it to be like only about the majestic. Like I need to watch cinema Paradiso still. I've never seen that. That I think is what I thought majestic was, um, what I know about that movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it just, but still that quote, when he said it, it like it stopped, I was watching this while doing other stuff. And that quote, like grabbed me, like it stopped, it made me stop what I was doing and like, look at the screen and his, uh, his delivery of the line is really, really excellent. And it just echoes how I feel, um, but hadn't been able to articulate exactly, you know, and uh, I I just wanted to, to drop it here. I thought it was a good place to drop it. Right. And I know the listeners are going to appreciate that. And, it probably have them yearning for the, the cinema slash theatre or kino if you're European. Um, again, like it now has me just sort of yearning for the good days of being able to go out again. But um, no, it's a, a fine selection there, my friend. And as soon as you said the Adventure Zone podcast, I start I, in my head. I'm thinking of um, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. Um, as soon as you said, I was like Top Gun came into my mind. Highway to the Adventure Zone, we should call it now. But um, my offerings are slightly more genre-based. It's, it's spooky season. It's Halloween coming up. I've been watching horror films, um, partly for NPM, you know, the other shows I do. Uh, we we Next week, we are talking about kind of like the first iterations of the Halloween franchise. So the original 78 film, the the first Rob Zombie Halloween, and then the Blumhouse, Blumhouse reboot, tw- or the continuation from 2018. So like these first kind of batch of um continuations redos remakes so i've been watching those it's a certainly a mixed bag of um quality and uh, where when the opinion comes out on it i don't know i rob zombies halloween i text jb afterwards i was like this is just i I need to find an hour and 40 minutes of my life back didn't dig that halloween 78 i've never been overly up on it i think it's a good film i don't think it's excellent by any means i think it's fine um I, again, there are moments in it, but some of it's just it is so of its time. But even then, it's some of the acting in it just takes me right out. Like Laurie's friend Linda, all she says is totally, and it really, really annoyed me. Um, some of the kills are great, and there's the scene, the classic scene of Laurie panicking in the bedroom, and then out of the shadow of the closet next to her, Michael Myers' mask just appears. That is incredible filmmaking. Um, John Carpenter's score is wonderful. It's just like something to think. I think it's a good film, but I don't hold it up, hold it as high as other staples in the horror genre. 
2018 reboot, I quite enjoyed that. It's got a lot of flaws, like killing podcasters. It's got a lot of flaws to it, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Um, Out of ten. Yeah. Uh, we take on Mike Myers and we, we destroy him. Yeah, I think I like the 2018 version. I like it a lot more than the uh, Rob Zombie version. But So I've been watching those. Um, I went on to Shudder and I start, and I was looking for, I think it's Saturday night. I had a, I, I sat the night, I had a beer in the fridge because I'm a hardcore, like beer and horror film. So I went on Shudder and I was like, right, I need, I'm going to have a look for like a highly rated film. Let's just pick one. And I chose upon Hell House LLC from 2015. It's a, a play on the found footage films where a, a group of people set up a haunted house for um, for the public so it's a um like a little theme park so um theme house sorry um and it documents their travails and setting up because as it would happen they've just picked a haunted house to set it up in uh, and of course things start to go bump in tonight bump in the night and there's some good um visual moments and scares in it but overall i i wasn't a massive fan of it but a lot of people seem to really like that film. I thought it was a bit... I wasn't so keen. But I also watched a anthology film which was released only last week called The Mortuary Collection. Uh, it's Clancy Brown stars as um, a guy, who, a guy, a morgue, morgue keeper, whatever the term is, who is interviewing a young lady who wants to take up the vacant position uh, in the morgue, in the mortuary. Uh, and he's he's telling a, a variety of stories, and I had a really good time with this film. I thought it was really good fun. Different, there's four I think stories, four or five stories, all sort of all different in tone and where they go. There's a couple of moments where you're kind of like, geez, looking away. I can't say what happens. It's good fun. I enjoyed it. It's good fun, but there's also some good moments of like terror, tension, atmosphere. Got good some good little twists in it. I would uh, recommend the Mortuary Collection. It seems to be getting fairly good buzz. A few people have said it wasn't for them, but the most people I'm seeing are really digging this. So uh, if you have a Shudder subscription, the Mortuary Collection, check it out. Um, and I've also f- been checking online on Marvel Unlimited and been rereading the Marvel Star Wars line from 2015. Um, I was wondering what that was. I'm like, what? Did he have like a stroke? What is Marvel yeah, Star Marvel Wars? Star Wars? What's going on with this? <laughs> Disney? No, um, it's the Marvel Star Wars line, the comic line. For uh, Star Wars sessions for my Patreon show I do each month, it, we, it's, we we both have a solo show. And this week, I uh, this month, sorry, I'm kind of revisiting that line, that, those 75 issues. And basically, in a half an hour segment, what did I do? What did I think about it? Reviewing it, not issue by issue, God no, but kind of like some of the arcs. Was it as good as people think it is? Is it as bad as people say it is? You know, it's set between episodes four and five. Did they cram too much utter dross in there? we'll have to see but um so i've been rereading those i've read them all before um thank god for marvel unlimited as well because i haven't got the money to buy the amount of comic books that right. they put out and it's, it's not just star wars i mean you know that it's not just one line there's there's various lines and then sometimes they cross over so you're reading star wars and then that crosses over with the vader line which also crosses over with dr afra so before you know it, you've got to buy three one week and it's ugh. Marvel Unlimited has been a massive boom for me, so I've just been able to sit down, watch, read them like like uh, every comic was intended to be read on my computer screen. But um, it's been a, it's been I, I I recommend it if you can, if unless you really are a collector, uh, and I do prefer the, the feeling of it in my hands. But if you know, unless you're devout, it's you know physical media, digital media. Check out the and the comicsology is the same as well. Check them out; I think they're really well worth it. But Pretty much horror films and seventy-five issues of Marvel Star Wars for me, man. Yeah, that is um, a book a series I've been wanting. Actually, uh, even their their the current stuff that they're they're doing, I've heard is really really good. I have a a former student who um, he buys the physical copies and then he he gives me the digital codes because he doesn't like care nice as much. So I, I have been using those and um, not sorry, not that he doesn't care, but you know, there's no resale value for the digital books versus like so like he's getting them anyway so he just he tosses them to me and i haven't read them yet but i've been like collecting them and you know putting the codes in and like okay one day i'm gonna dive in on these um i used like back when the uh new 52 dropped in dc i i was really actively Mm. buying and reading comics and it got to be overwhelming because of what you said like like especially as a batman fan so many books are attached to batman that if you weren't reading all of them you would miss parts of the story 
and like yeah, it's clever it's clever it's, how they do it but it's cruel yeah. it's cruel is the word you're looking for <laughs> yeah. uh, because there's just too many um and then at some point i got where i was just like i couldn't focus to read enough um where i was just like i would sit to read and i was just like this feels more like a chore now and so yeah. um i i've stopped and i i did um when the pandemic first started i was like looking for anything to distract myself uh and so i, I signed up for like the comiXology like free trial and it's really cool except i feel like they limit they do uh they do the 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 old school like what we were told drug dealers did like the first one's free like they'll give you like the first graphic novels uh, included with unlimited but then nothing else was so like i read the boys um because i was watching the, the series at the time and then um only the first one was free and then everything else you'd have to buy and i'm like well that's not fair because you you hooked me i want to read the rest of the books but i also yeah. don't have the money to buy the rest of the books so that's why i was signed up for the unlimited thing get you man that's yeah. why I generally used to buy the trade paperbacks. If I, unless I really, you know, be I love Star Wars. Unless I really wanted to read like week on week, month on month, or fortnightly, whatever, I could just wait for the trade paperback. But um, I only decided to do this particular um, uh, subjects like a week ago. I was like, crap! Now I've got to reread them all. So, and I didn't have time to really go out and search for the trade paperback. I didn't want to wait for um if anyone knows me, I'm very impulsive. If I, if I get the idea in my head, I have to do it now. I have to do it then, then, then. Um, so I, I can't wait a day or two for Amazon to deliver this. I need to get on uh, a Marvel Unlimited now and read it. But, you know, I, I will get them eventually because uh, when I um, uh, ship uh, ship up and ship out and get a, a bigger place and uh, more room to store my geeky stuff, then I will, you know, in, endeavor to kind of, start collecting some of these because they're a good read you know it's it's up in like all comic comic book um arcs and um stories there's ups and there's downs but you know yeah. if, if that's what you like like i like star wars like you like batman and that i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna collect them man so but i'd recommend what, reading them but uh, yeah so that's pretty much what i've been doing this week it's pretty much horror week and i imagine next week will be similar we're dabbled in with a few more astrology uh films like yourself this this uh this month but you mentioned the boys i haven't seen it i want to watch it mm. have you seen the second season i've seen the first three episodes of the second season and it's i no no criticism to the show that i haven't finished it i i decided i wanted to wait for all of them to drop and then i just haven't made it back i think all of them dropped two fridays ago and i've not made it back um to the show just yet i am gonna finish it off i really love season one like i thought season one's great i'm a big big proponent for carl urban dude needs yeah. to get more work um you know, and he's so good on the show. And honestly, the the whole cast is pretty great. Um, but he's like the the name that I was already familiar with before watching. Um, but yeah, I've been really, really enjoying it, and uh, I want to finish season two. Um, I've heard mostly positive things about it. It is, it's it's the Watchmen on like another like the Watchmen meet. I don't know Deadpool uh, meets like ultra violence. Like it's super like. Mm violent but um i've heard yeah, it it's it's definitely engaging and it's uh it's it's cynical and nihilistic which i often like that type of storytelling like i love the coen brothers i like noir you know so it kind of it kind of hits i need to watch it um i yeah again john knows and most of you know i i'm really bad at streaming it's not tv anymore but just stream i'm really bad at watching streaming stuff give me the mandalorian in a week's time i watch it I'll, I'll be up every morning watching that or watching the screeners or whatnot uh, also, that uh, sneak the another look at the Mandalorian drop today, looking good. We're getting a bit more story coming out. I'm excited, but I would like to go back, go and watch the boys. But now I know that both seasons are out in full, um, I can just look to binge watch it. Yep, and I think they have committed to a season three though. So know that going in, you'll have to. I wait have a year. heard this as well. So uh, I know I, I I know like the characters or know of them. I've seen them. I kind of know their names or a few memes, but. And I've heard like certain episodes, like an, uh, one set in an airplane is apparently bonkers. But um, I need to, I need to watch it. And I, I will actually sit down one day and watch the boys, and I will give the Bamp the exclusive on what I think about it. But um, I mean, I've heard that show is bloody awesome, but it's not as bloody awesome as this show. But staying bloody awesome is tough. You've seen John; he's a king. You've seen me; I'm okay. But in order to stay at these levels, we have to. Uh, keep it bloody awesome all the time and you know we have to change up our regime week to week so jb uh in the last seven days how have you been staying bloody awesome well i 
I have not been to the gym since the pandemic started in at late. Well, started here back in late March. Um, mostly, I think I'd, I'd gone when it first reopened, I did go on the treadmill one day, but I was, I was too stressed out. So I haven't been back, but, um, I've been, I have been working out, but I've, I've not like, I wasn't sure if I was getting as, as much of a workout as I needed with my home stuff. And so I went back, I ordered, uh, two new masks from a notable, uh, <laughs> athletic gear company, um, that it's, they're supposed to be like sweat resistant and, and they have like the, the moisture wicking and it, they're designed for working out. And I, I have to say, I really like them. Uh, they work very well for that, that cause, especially because I sweat a lot. Like I am that type of person when mm-hmm. I'm working out, I sweat a lot. So like it's a regular sweat, fabric man. mask, the fabric mask would be nasty. So like I needed something that wasn't going to feel nasty while I was wearing it. Um, and I'm really happy with the mask so far. My gym is open 24 hours. So I've been trying to go at weird times oh, cool. uh, to avoid uh, crowds. So far, I've only had to, to share the gym with one other person at a time uh unfortunately each time they're not wearing masks um mm-hmm. but we are staying far far apart uh but and they're not there the whole time i'm there so like i'm almost done they show up or i walk in and they're about to leave so like i've managed to manage to mostly get the gym to myself and i will say that i was correct i was so sore um after even though again i have not stopped working out this whole time like i've been working out at, uh six days a week you know running slash you know doing some weights at home but my weights are very limited here mm-hmm. and uh i hit the i hit the gym real hard thinking that i was still in the same shape that i was last time i was at the gym so i'm like i'll throw the same weights on and then the next day i was like oh my god i can't move <laughs> I can't walk. Uh, so uh i i had to drop some especially on my legs uh i was like doing the uh the dec- decline leg press at like 270 pounds and i did that's what i i threw on and i did 270 i did it but I could barely like my legs were like wobbly the next day. Uh, so I had to drop it to 200 for now. Um, to be fair, though, I also weigh less now. Like so like when I started at like 270, I probably weighed like 280. Mm-hmm. And now I weigh 240. So I was like pressing more than I actually have to support on a daily basis. Yeah. So my legs <laughs> were like, uh, maybe not. Maybe you don't need to do this much weight. So Settle down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so but the new mask definitely made me feel a little more confident. I am wiping down all the equipment before and after I work out. Um, and I've also built my routine. It's a, it's a full body routine. It takes about forty minutes. Uh, and I try to to minimize movement as far as like from station to station. So like if I can do two exercises on one thing, like the decline leg press, I'm doing a press, but I'm also doing my calf workout on the same machine, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to like one, I don't have to dirty multiple machines for my sake. And also I am in control of this space a little longer so that I'm getting a lot done in, in a confined area. So that's, I'm trying to do the gym safely. I'm still nervous. And of course, because people around me are not taking it as seriously, it makes me even more nervous. Um, but a big chain gym mm-hmm. just opened, had its grand opening two days ago. So I'm hoping that a lot of people from my gym which is smaller, but still a chain, but I'm hoping that more people will flock over to the big one. Uh, it's also the big one is $30 less a month. Um, you may see declining, um, footfall in your gym. Right. And I want to go to the new gym because it's cheaper and I am a teacher and I make no money, but I want the freedom of my gym. So that's what I'm, I'm leaning towards. Like, please, everybody don't, don't, not enough people leave that my gym ends up having to shut down, but everybody leave enough that i have my space uh you know because I, I will find out tonight i'm going to be going to the gym uh it's 5 40 in my time right now i'll be going to the gym in about four hours uh hoping that it's empty so <laughs> fingers touch crossed wood. everybody touch wood um nice i need to do that again because my uh <laughs> my lockdown diet has gone out the window somewhat but i will get it back again um, but the, the gyms around here are kind of they're open but i haven't got a membership i've cancelled it a while ago i need to get back on it again but for the same reasons as you it's just it's a bit sketchy going and then it just just because you never know it's like is that sweat on the on the bike or is that where yeah. somebody sprayed it i don't want to i should know. point out though that you just said that about like canceling because i had my gym membership was suspended throughout the quarantine and then um in at the end of august it was about to renew and i they're still letting everyone you could suspend it again mm-hmm. but you had to do it in two month increments right so i suspended it for august and september and i called a couple days before October 1st and asked them to suspend it. And she's like, okay, you're all set. Here comes the payday and I get the money taken out. And I should have 
called and said, hey, I want a refund. I asked to suspend it. Instead, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to order these masks and I'm going to go to the gym. So, <laughs> uh, you did the right thing, I think, in the end of the day. For in, terms, in terms of your like, motivation, then again, Cineworld charged me the other day and Cineworld, as far as I'm aware, aren't open. So I need to sort that out as well. Um, yeah, I need to check that yeah, I, I need to do that. That 20 quid would come in handy right now um, for pizza and beer, probably. Uh, no, for healthy stuff. Uh, I've been um, doing it's kind of similar, kind of country walks. It's not quite as romantic as it sounds, but um, just making the most of the beautiful British um, countryside fields and that we've got some lovely country parks around here uh, before lockdown part two hits because Wales is shutting down again pretty much. And that's, that's a long way. That's five, four, five hours away, but... Um, they're pretty much shutting down from Friday. You know, if, if it's not essential, you don't go out again. Whereas not, well, it hasn't hit England yet, but who knows? Lockdown part two probably on its way because people aren't taking it seriously. And if if you're not, shame on you. But no, just going on basically going on country walks, just putting it, putting uh, putting welly, welly boots on, as we call them over here, putting the boots on, and just going for walks. I've been taking my daughter out. Uh, she's four. Uh, she calls it an adventure. You see, so I was like, well, if if that passes as an adventure. And I'm the best dad in the world. So let's go on another adventure to a big, like they're, they're the big field. There are, they are like, it's forests and fields and there's a um, deer uh, in enclosures and running free as well. There's play parts for kids as well. So there's plenty. I don't just drag her to a field and have her like try and traverse cow crap. But no, so that was fun. Took her around there and she's kicking mud at me all, all day. And we saw some deer running free. And to my four-year-old, her exact words were, my dreams have come true. Which Aww. to me was like the beauty and innocence of a child. I was like, you know what? You can those those deer are going to think about you tonight when you go to sleep. So, if you go to sleep very quickly tonight, they'll they'll dream of you. <laughs> Black when they go to sleep early, but but no, but going out as much as possible, just just for walks, even if it's like half an hour, but mainly for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Good, it's good. You know, I mean, good for the mental health as well to get out. Um, it was just by myself. Put the headphones in, listen to some tunes. Um, uh, get some exercise, some fresh air at the same time, and um, it's good. It's good to do that. We've said that a few times uh, recently in the last few months. A lot of our bloody awesome mentality is going out and sort of maintaining your mental health. And I don't mean to turn it into a preachy session, but it's very important for all of us to do that, dude. You know, and that's what's working for me. And you know, that some days are better than others, but being able to go out and do that is pretty swell. Uh, and then knowing that every Tuesday night is Burke time. Make, make everything better plus astrology and everything else so um but yeah basically going out stretching the legs getting some fresh air listening to some music before hopefully that won't happen but in case you know lockdown happens and we're not allowed out again so yeah pretty similar to you is the sort of getting out and getting healthy again is how we've been staying bloody awesome and I'd love to know how you guys out there are staying bloody awesome because you might give us some tips as well and uh, but that's our episode of the BAMP of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed our review of Nocturne. If you agree or disagree, uh, do let us know what you think. We'll give those details very shortly. But next week, we're coming at you with a review of The Witches, the Anne Hathaway-led Robert Zemeckis-helmed uh, Roald Dahl-written remake of that uh, early 90s film with Angelica Houston. But Anne Hathaway stepping in this time. So we're going to be reviewing that as our main uh, topic next week uh, and I mentioned the socials if you want to get in contact with us and please do we love hearing from you on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast B-A-M-P underscore podcast uh, JB on Instagram where are we? We are at the blood it's not the sorry no the bloody awesome movie pod in my head I was like I'll say the to make it sound more official and I'm like no it's going to sound like it's part of the name it's not part of the name <laughs> we'll bloody awesome people. movie pod we, we couldn't yeah. find you on there uh, Facebook just search for bloody awesome movie podcast and you'll find us on there and John if people want to find you online and your uh, variety of work where can they you can find me at burkreviews.com and uh, on all the social media at burkreviews including letterbox instagram and twitter Yep, and you can find uh, Movie Club and uh, all of John's podcasts on all of the podcast providers and and Movie Astrology, mine and John's semi-regular Movie History show. Find it on all the podcast providers. You can find me, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and whatiwatchtonight across Twitter, Instagram and Letterboxd also. And if you do have a spare minute, uh, please do consider leaving us a good uh, review and a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It boost to show up the rankings even further it makes us feel good it helps the show grow when we like hearing from you guys 
whenever possible. So if you do have a spare minute, we would absolutely love and appreciate your time for a rating and a review. But on that, as always, guys, do remember to stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, blood, bloody. Blood, blood, bloody. Awesome.